and projects here locally. We support ministries here locally and around the world, just like you saw here with this video in Brazil. So I want to thank you this morning. I believe this morning God is building a great church in Sanford. Last year, you gave over $60,000 to missions. Can we give God a big hand? But our goal this year is to give $100,000 to missions. Now, we're not going to receive our offering right at this moment this morning, but I want to encourage you with that. And uh, just a few months from now, I'm believing that 11 men from this church are going to go to the country of Cuba and build a church. It's been a dream and a desire in my heart for the last four years. And uh, there are some of the men that are in this room today. We've thought about it. We've talked to you. And we're going to challenge you. You have to get your paperwork in 90 days previous to the trip. We're leaving on December 1st. I got a little ring up here, Tim. Can you fix that? We're, we're leaving on December 1st. And so you'll have to have your paperwork in at least 90 days out before that. But we really challenge the men that feel any passion for missions, any heart to do something like this, to join us on this trip. Tonight, Johnny Rivers is going to be with us. How many of you have never eaten at Four Rivers? You've never eaten? Wow. Okay. I got to say, best brisket barbecue in town. Anybody been to Four Rivers? Uh, you have a hard time getting a seat because every time I go there, there's a line out the door. You can go for lunchtime. You go at dinner time. He's got locations all throughout Central Florida. He's going to be sharing his burden. He's going to be sharing his passion. His business is his passion. But he's dedicated, and he started his business as a mission to give to other people. That was the whole reason he started this business. He started his business as a mission so that as he prospered, he would give to other people. What a novel idea. And you know what God's taken with that? God's breathed on that, and he's become one of the most successful restaurants here in the Central Florida community. So, men, I just really challenge you. We've got a turkey shoot tonight. We're going to play some cornhole. It's going to be a lot of fun. And so I want to really encourage you, if you've not got your ticket, if you have not got a ticket to the men's stakeout tonight, and you're here, and you're contemplating going, can you just raise your hand? Anybody here not got a ticket, but you're thinking about going? I got two guys. All right, one of you guys I'm going to give this ticket to, but you've got to make one commitment. You've got to buy a ticket and bring someone else with you. All right? So real quick, one of the two guys, you want the free, I give you one free ticket. It's a, it's a buy one, get one. There you go. It's a great deal. All right, Howard, come on. Let's give Howard a big hand. All right, bless you guys. Love you, man. Hey, we're starting something new here at City Church. And uh, how many of you read the Bible on your phone? How many of you read the Bible on your phone? Just hold your phone up real quick. All right. I want everybody to just look around the room and look at how many people read the Bible on their phone. All right. How many of you use an app called YouVersion? Okay. If you go right now, just everybody get, let's we'll do a little experiment here. Get your, get your phone out. If you haven't downloaded the app on your phone, if you're not a techie or you don't use a smartphone, in about four years, if you use a cell phone, you'll have to use a smartphone, but some people still haven't quite caught up yet. But if you use your phone and you, and you don't have an app called Uversion, you can go to your app store and you can download it. But if you've already downloaded it, I want you to click on your app. And it's going to come up, and the front screen is going to look something like this. If you've got an iPhone or a Google phone or any, local, any of the latest phones, the app will look something like that. And then I want you to go, there's a little button there, a little light blue button that says live. Everyone say live. I want you to click on that live. Get a free demo. We should have this up on the screen for you here. And then it says search for a live event. And you click on that search for a live event, and you can type in the zip code for City Church. It's 32773, 32773, and you're going to click on that, and you're going to hit your return button, and you're going to see it says 62412, Circle Maker Part 2. 
Orlando City Church. You're going to click on that, and that's going to be the notes for this morning's service. So I know we had handout notes at the door. Pretty cool, right? I'm going to say cool. Ah. Ooh. So every week, the notes for the sermon. So you have a friend. We put the messages online. We podcast them. You can say, hey, man, this message today was really good. If it wasn't that good, don't tell about that week. Go to the next week. But this message was incredible. You can get the notes. Check it out online. You can follow along with what the Lord is speaking to us as a church. We are also working on another really cool app that we hope to break out next week. And uh, you're going to have to stay tuned. You're going to come back next week to find out what that is. So if you stand with me this morning for the reading of God's Word, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Judges. The Judges chapter 1. We started our series last week entitled The Circle Maker, based off the book by Mark Batterson called The Circle Maker. If you haven't got the book, we have books out in the lobby. It is a life-changing book. We don't recommend a book. We don't push a book. We don't encourage people to read a book unless it's really, really good from this pulpit. And this book is a life changer. It's a game changer for you spiritually. And Mark Batterson writes on a topic that every every Christian is familiar with, but not every Christian really practices. It's It's the topic called prayer. This thing about a relationship with God. And he talks about prayer in a way that makes you just want to pray. And I would encourage you to get this book. If you have dreams that are yet unfulfilled, if you have things that are still inside of your heart and you're not sure how or when or where or or why, I encourage you to get this book. We have small groups that are meeting throughout the week. My wife and I went to April Mitchell's small group on Friday night. It was awesome. No one wanted to leave. We had an incredible time as we talked about the Word of God and we talked about the things that he talks about in this book. So this morning, we're going to begin... Uh, the second part of our series. The series this morning is entitled Dream Big. Everyone say Dream Big. Big. I want you to turn to Judges chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 and 2 and then we're going to skip down to verses 12 through 15. And the Bible says after the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, who of us is to go up first to fight against the Canaanites? The Lord answered. Everyone say the Lord answered. The Lord answered, Judah shall go up. I have given the land into their hands. Now I want you to skip that. Some battles, some fights going up, taking possession, some cool things. If you're a guy, great story to read. In the next couple of verses, King gets his toes and his thumbs cut off and all kinds of fascinating things there. Now I want you to skip down to verse number 12. And the Bible says, and Caleb said, I will give my daughter, Aksa, everyone say Aksa, in marriage to the man who attacks and captures Kiriath Sephar. Othaniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it. So Caleb gave his daughter Aksa to him in marriage. One day she came to Othaniel and she urged him to ask her father for a field. When she got off her donkey, Caleb asked her, What can I do for you? Just say that with me. What can I do for you? She replied, Do me a special flavor. Huh? Do me a special favor. One translation says, Give me a blessing. Give me a blessing. Since you've given me land in the Negev, give me also springs of water. So Caleb gave her the upper and lower springs. Let's pray. Father, in these next few moments, by the power of your Spirit, 
I ask today that the heart of every person in this room would have spiritual ears to hear. Whatever's happened this week, whatever distractions, whatever challenges, personal failures, whatever things that have happened before they came into this room, right now they've worshipped, they've taken communion, they've sought your forgiveness. And I thank you that your grace is bigger than any problem, than any sin. I thank you that your grace is available, Lord, to speak to our hearts and to change our lives. And I pray today, Lord, that dreams and desires would be rebirthed in our hearts, would be renewed in our hearts, or just come alive. Things that we didn't even know that were there. I pray today that you'll speak to your people and you will answer them. Jesus, we ask this in your wonderful name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. AXA. AXA was a circle maker. I'm going to go back to our definition. You have it in your handout this morning. But I'm going to go back to our circle maker of a definition of what a circle maker is. A circle maker or a person who prays through. Everyone says pray through. A circle maker is a person who is relentless in praying through until God shows his answer for a particular situation or problem. A circle maker, a circle maker is a person who is relentless in praying through until God shows his answer for a particular situation or problem. The woman that we're going to look at this morning, Aska, she was a circle maker. And my big idea that I want you to walk away from here today is that big dreams come to pass for those who tenaciously and boldly ask their father for favor. Big dreams come to pass for those who tenaciously and boldly seek their father for favor. Think about when you were a child. Think about the common question that every person is asked. What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? Most children, when they grow up, if they watch some kind of Superman character on television, when they're really little, they want to be a superhero. Isn't that right? They want to be some kind of superhero that doesn't go... Doesn't and go, uh, does good all over the world. You get a little over, and, and there's something inside of most little boys. They they want to be a hero. They want to be a soldier. I remember as a little six and seven, eight year old boy in my neighborhood playing soldier, and and, and we we had the little army guys, the little GI Joes. Anybody, any of the guys remember the GI Joes? It was before the day they had lasers and, and actual toys that actually launched. We had to throw rocks at our GI Joes. It was it was back in the Stone Age, but. But, man, we'd have our G.I. Joes, and we'd have tanks out, we'd play war, and, 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 and you know, we were the Americans, and the other team were the Germans and the Japanese, and, I mean, that's how old I am. We were, <laughs> that's a long time ago. But I remember, you know, there was something in your heart that you want to do something significant. You want to be a fireman. Some people want to be the president of the United States, or they want to be a doctor, or they want to be a veterinarian. There's all these dreams and desires that we have as little children. But something happens. Life happens. Stuff happens. We grow up. Reality hits. This sense of childness, this little, this little desire or dream that was inside of our heart as a little kid, even if we didn't know completely what it was, it was to be significant. Maybe someone said a lot of negative words about you and you never really felt that you could be significant. Never thought you really could amount to something. Maybe you had this dream. It was a dream, dream and desire. I remember as a little boy always having the next goal that I wanted to do in my life. And then something happens. Something goes sideways. A hurt comes. A pain comes. A personal failure comes. 
a challenge comes. You see, growing older can mean growing wiser and smarter and more life experience. But many times growing older can mean we become more cynical, more caustic, and more full of unbelief. I mean, as a believer, I've seen both. I've seen Christians who grow more passionate for God. I've seen Christians who have continued the dream until the day they die. And I've seen other Christians who just float out into glory land. Sitting in front of a square little box with a remote control in their hand. Watching someone else live out the dream. I mean, I've seen both in my reality. And the fact is we have choices every day that we make that will determine the destiny that we live tomorrow. The problem is, is that life happens. And the more that life happens, the less that prayer happens. And the less that prayer happens, the less, the fewer miracles and the fewer dreams and the fewer things we see God do in our life. And we just start to settle. Most people settle. They just settle. Just good enough. Go to work and do just good enough. In a marriage, just good enough. Raise your kids, just good enough. Go to school, just good enough. That's how most people live. Most people do just good enough. But just good enough isn't good enough for a dream maker. Just good enough isn't enough for a circle maker. This woman, Aska, it wasn't good enough just to settle. You see, some of us, we see ourselves, life has passed by, we feel too old, this has happened, this challenge is taking place. And we start to feel this sense of unworthiness. Oh man, I blew it back here. I, I messed up over here. I, I had this divorce there. I, I had this business failure there. I've watched this. I've watched this. And then just settle in. Just to get a job. Just to make it through. Just to make it through. So it happens to most people. But that's not what God's design and purpose is for you today at City Church. In 1993, my wife and I were living in Seattle. We were pastoring in the inner city. And we had started this church, and God was working and moving. It was an exciting place to be, and there were so many miracles, people getting saved, and, and we, had, we had all kinds of challenges. There were, we were very close to the inner city. We were located in a very low-income community, and one day a woman shows up at our door with her suitcases. At my home door, she showed up at the church door with our suitcases, and she said, I need a place to live. I mean, I didn't know what to do. And so we were young in ministry, we wanted to serve, we wanted to help. And so we took this woman into our home. Her issue was that she had an immigration problem and she wasn't able to work some things out in immigration and she had no place to go. And so while we were trying to figure out what to do with this woman, we brought her into our home. We brought her into our home, we made an agreement, we're going to help you get to where you need to be, but, you know, for room and board, just do some work around the house you know, clean, and we were both working, and you could just clean, and Austin was about three years of age at the time, and so she was working around the house, and I remember one day I came home, and she was ironing my t-shirts and underwear. <laughs> I'm like, over the top. She would get up every morning really early with a little broom, and she would sweep the front porch step until I thought there was no more front porch step left to sweep. I mean, it was over the top. I like, we never, like, come on, that's a little t-shirts, you don't have to do that. Just fold them up. It'd be all right for me, you know? One day, my wife had to come home during the evening, and uh, her door was open. And she was laying at the foot of her bed. She was just kind of laying there, curled up in her bed, and her bed was perfectly made. She, my wife had a little kind of, we went out for her, and we'd got some brand new sheets and some things. We made her room real, real nice for 
this guest that was going to stay with us. And we had a little thing, like a little, you know, like they put the end of the bed. It was over it. And she was laying on the top of that, and she was folded up really, really small. And I'm like, that's kind of weird, a little strange. And I just kind of said, Lord, check that out. And she just, we walked by. And the next morning, we started to ask her. We started to ask her. Okay, you know, you got a beautiful bed. And we got nice sheets for you. Why don't you just get underneath the sheets? And she says, no, 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 Pastor. I'm not worthy. She said, it's too luxurious. Those were her exact words. It's too luxurious. You know, that's exactly what happens to a lot of believers. God wants us to ask. God wants us to believe big. God wants us to believe that He is a God that's able to make the impossible possible. God's able to do things that no man could ever do. I mean, God spoke and the worlds came into existence. And when He spoke about you, He said, you're the apple of my eye. I mean, God cares about every need. God cares about every concern. God cares about the smallest detail of your life. But sometimes we think, I've even heard people say, hey, God's too busy for this little old me down here. We don't see ourselves the way that God sees us. We don't value ourselves the way that God values us. And as we look at this woman this morning, as we look at this lady today, this woman, this story, particular story about this woman is mentioned two times in Scripture. Joshua 15 and Judges chapter 1. Women are not generally mentioned in the Old Testament. There are some men, women mentioned, but women are not generally mentioned in the line of faith. They're not generally mentioned as people who receive an inheritance. This story is so significant that the Holy Spirit thought it would be important for you to hear it twice. As you go through the book of Joshua and you begin to read through the book of Judges, you go through genealogies and you go through names and lands and territories. And there's these four or five verses that just pop out. And for most people, when you get to those places in your Bible, I call them clean places. When you start to read about cities and places and names of people that you can't even pronounce, you tend to just skip over it. Skip over it. But inside of that text and inside of this passage, there's a little nugget. It's a nugget about this woman who becomes a circle maker and one of the great circle makers of all times. Four things, four lessons that we can learn from Asuka this morning. The first thing that I want you to see this morning is found in verse number one and two. God uses our present reality to become dependent upon Him. God uses our present reality to teach us to become dependent upon Him. You are where you are today. Exactly where you are today. Good, bad, ugly. However you got there, God has preserved you. God has protected you. God has allowed you to fail, fall, stumble. God has picked you up, washed you off. God's brought you into this place this morning, 650 East Airport Boulevard. This is your present reality. And God has used this place to teach you to become totally dependent upon Him. We talk about surrender. We talk about giving our lives to Christ. We talk about laying it all out. That's what He's doing in each of us. 
Paul the Apostle actually said it like this. He's actually doing all these things in your life. He's not squeezing you. He's taking the, squeezing the world out of you. And he's conforming you or making you into the image of Christ. The goal and the purpose of God is to make you more like Jesus. That's the goal. So all the stuff that happened, all the challenges, all the, all the obstacles, all the things that you faced have brought you to this place to teach you dependency. You see, becoming a circle maker. We had the hula hoop out here last week and thought the hula hoop was going to be in here this morning. But the hula hoop, just picture that hula hoop that was out here last week. That circle that you draw on your life and say, God, God, I'm not going to leave this place. I'm not going to leave this place until you touch me, until you bless me, until you direct me, until you give me wisdom. You see, all those things God has allowed and brought to pass in your life to bring you to today. Becoming a circle maker in the Christian life is not a magic formula. But what it is, it's something to stir you on, to spur you on, to become a person of prayer and to learn to seek after the living God. All throughout Scripture, God used symbols and types and, and, and analogies to bring people these earthly realities and make them a heavenly, rea- a heavenly meaning. Jesus did it all in the parables. All throughout the Old Testament, you see all these symbols that God used. And the circle just represents a place where you are today, where you will stand and say, God, I need you. God, I'm dependent upon you. You see, God still speaks to His children. In verse number 1, He says it. He says, that, oh God, after, the, after Joshua had led, their, their, their leader had died, God said, the people asked the Lord. The people asked the Lord. And as you read this, they asked the Lord for something very specific. What's the next step for me? What's the next job for me? Who's the spouse for me? God, God, what do you want us to do in this turn of events in our life? They got really specific with God. And then I want you to see, not only did they speak to God, God spoke to His children. And the Lord answered, Judah is to go up. Judah is to give the lands. I will give the lands into their hands. God said, God gave a very specific answer to a very specific question. God who should go? Of all the tribes, of all the 12 tribes, Judah's going to go. My hand's on Judah. Judah's the one of praise. Judah was created to be a praiser. Let me tell you today, Judah is a great example and type to the believer today. You were created to be a person of praise. Oh, I don't know how to even express this hardly, but so many things don't happen in our life because we complain and murmur and fail to give God praise while we're going through. It's come on. It's the praises of our mouth that God inhabits. It's the praises that God fills. We don't necessarily praise Oh, we're, you know, we get terrible bad things. We're praising Him that He's taking us through those things. We have a different perspective on it. God speaks. God speaks today to those who ask. God speaks to those who ask. Many, many times I've talked to people who are agnostics or claim to be atheists. And I said, listen, listen, I'm not going to debate and we're not going to argue this point because you'll never agree intellectually. But I want you to do me one favor. When you go home tonight and you are laying in bed, I want you to ask God from your heart, 
God, are you really real? Just ask him. Put aside all your, your, your philosophies. Put aside all your scientific evidence and proof. Put aside all of your arguments and just ask. Just be bold enough. Come on. If he doesn't really exist, you won't hear anything. But I ask you from the sincerity of your heart, God, do you really exist? And I guarantee you, if a person asks sincerely, that means they're a seeker. And when you become a seeker, you will find. Because if we ask, we shall receive. And if we seek, we shall find. And if we knock, the door shall be open. God's purpose. I have given them the land. It was stated as a fact already done. See, God knew the moment. The Bible says your days were written in the book from the beginning to the end. He numbered every single one of your days. Uh, uh, some people say he died young. No, for him, he died old. It's just all a matter of perspective. 17-year-old died. For that person, God had marked that that person's life was going to be 17 years. I mean, God marks our days. He numbers our days. He knows how long we are going to live. He knows how long. God's purpose of doing good for His children is stated as an accomplished fact. God's purpose was to protect. God's purpose was to provide. God's purpose was to allow His presence to go before them. God's purpose was to take them, the children of Israel, into a place called Israel, which would be the land that they would possess and own. Now listen, it, it's not that kind of dimension for the believer today. It's not necessarily physical places, but it's a spiritual place in our life, and our heart. It's the place of peace where Christ rules. God wants to bring us to that place where the peace of God rules richly in you. Where it dwells, where it lives in you. The writer of Hebrews says, in, God, in times past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets and at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us through His Son. He has spoken to us through His Son. Jesus said it like this. My sheep know my voice. We can have a relationship. This is not rules. This is not regulations. This is not about lining everything up perfectly, just writing it, and then it works. No, no, no. This is about a relationship where you speak to God, and God speaks to you, and then you listen. See, God promised His children blessing. Paul the Apostle said, Praise to be to the God of our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual. Everyone say, every. Every spiritual blessing in Christ every what would you attempt to do what would you attempt to do for God if you knew that you couldn't fail what would you do what would you do where are you today where are you today in becoming a circle maker do you believe God is good do you believe that no matter how old you are God can still use you do you believe that what would you Attempt to do it at your station, at your place, at your age, at your season of life. Where are you at in this journey of being a circle maker? Number two, living a life of risk has been pre-planned by God. Look at verse number 12 with me. And the Bible says, and Caleb said, I will give my da daughter Aska in marriage to the man who attacks and captures Kiriath Sephar. And Athenio, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it. So Caleb gave his daughter Aska to him in marriage. Wow. Aska came 
from a family of faith. Listen to me. The greatest thing you can do, mom and dad, the greatest thing that you can do, grandparent, is pass on a legacy of faith to your children. Ask her father was Caleb. Caleb was one of the only two, Joshua and Caleb, that actually became circle makers, that actually believed that God was good. They didn't see themselves as insignificant. They weren't always looking at their faults and failures and mistakes and goof-ups and hang-ups. No, they believed that God was good. And when they saw the promise, they said, it's mine. I'm going to possess it. We're not grasshoppers. We're not small. If God be for us, who can be against us? Come on. And he passed that legacy on to a daughter. Listen, he had no sons. And in ancient times, it was very patriarchal. I mean, every woman in America ought to thank God for the Christian church. Because it is the Christian church that is allowed. Don't kid yourself. It wasn't the atheists and the seculars that were fighting against a slavery. It wasn't. It was Christians. It, it was Christians who fought against temperance. And the beginning women movement in America for e- women for equality was fought by Christians. There's always extremists and people that have taken it too far. But it's the gospel that elevates. Jesus elevated women. Jesus ministered and healed women. Jesus brought salvation to women. And Paul the Apostle said, it's neither Jew nor Greek. It's neither male nor female. It's neither red, yellow, black and white. But it's all about the grace of Jesus. Listen. This woman was bold. This man, Caleb... 85 years old. Give me another mountain. Um, I can fight. I'm as young as when I was 40. I'm like, yeah, right. Come on. But maybe he was. He believed it in his mind. And it's amazing. You got it in your mind. You can get it into your heart. I jumped off a four-foot stage at Millennium last Sunday. Shondai Boho and ran around the room. And then afterwards said, my God, what did I do? I went out to run Sunday night, and oh, oh. Listen, Caleb was a man of faith, and he passed this legacy on to his daughter. Oh, oh. All right, I got all this land because I went in, and Joshua went in, and God gave me all these provisions. Now I'm going to bless my daughter. Now I'm going to bless my daughter. So he gives her a piece of land. And he says, listen, the man that can go and take these cities, I'm going to give to be the husband of my daughter. She'll be his wife. Wow. This guy, he's like, that's me. I want it. Wife, land, houses, that's mine. He saw something that he wanted, and he went after it. And he pursued it. He saw something that he wanted and went after it. Athenial and Aska. Because become husband and wife. Two people of faith join together. This is all for free right here. Two people come together. They join together. They're people of faith. And they have a dream. They have a destiny. They have a desire to serve God in their generation. They become world changers. They become dream makers. The biggest decision, if you're single today, the biggest decision you'll make in your life is who you'll marry. The greatest decision you'll make after you come to Christ is the greatest decision that determines your happiness, your success and fulfillment is the person that you marry. It's just a fact. 
it's just a fact. These two people come together. They're people of faith. And they become unstoppable. We're going to read the rest of the story in just a moment. But Althenio was a man of faith. He believed. Maybe you have a dream. Maybe you wanted to start a certain ministry. Maybe you wanted to go back to school and, and, and finish. Maybe you just wanted to go to school and you felt like, well, I don't have the resources. Maybe you wanted to start a business. I don't know what your dreams are today, but what I have found is that when God starts to put a desire in your heart, you can't shake it. When you start asking God to make you a dream maker, to become a circle maker for him, all of a sudden there's a desire that gets built up in your heart. Just recently, I was uh, honored to attend the graduation of a man in our church who's done lots of different things. Been in the military, was a mechanic, and did all these different things. And I watched him as he stood at the platform, and, and he graduated with the highest honors from ITT Technical Institute with his degree right here in Central Florida. And as I looked up there and I saw David Acosta, I saw there was a man who was going to continue to go after his dreams. See, he said, I'm going to go after one more dream. I'm going to do this again. I know this was my past and I did this, but God's got something else for me. For me, A young girl in our preschool has been working for us for the past year. and She's wanting to go to school. I was talking to her one time and I said, I said, what do you want to do with your life? She goes, I really want to go back to school. She said, but I don't have the money to go. I said, that's a lie. I said, if you really have a desire in your heart, and let me tell you, if it's a good desire, and if you're a person today and you want to go back and get more education, there is always a way. Where there is a will, there is a way. Where there is a prayer, there is a prayer maker. Come on. Where there is a prayer, there is a prayer maker. And his name is God. Now, the whole thing is your will's got to line up with his will. But when desire starts to become great and you can't shake it, you can't shake it. I couldn't shake it. I wanted to start this church in 1992. And my wife said, shut up. You're nuts. We didn't start this church until 1999. Seven years. This thing birthed in my heart. I thought it was going to be in Seattle, Washington. God said, no. You're going to start a church just a little off in geography. Just 3,500 miles. Men of faith. I love people who believe. And I love people who inspire other people to believe. There's a woman that lives down in West Palm Beach. Her name, her name is Dominique McLean Bartit. She was a pharmacist. And she had an idea one day. She didn't like the shoes that she wore. She said, you know, I think I can design a shoe that's really comfortable for women. And so she got this crazy idea. And she found out how to do it. And she's a pharmacist. She doesn't know anything about making shoes. But she makes herself a pair of shoes. And she said, you know, I don't really like going into my closet and having like 50, because, you know, all the girls, you got your shoes got to match the outfit. Us guys, you know, I got three pair, brown, yellow, black. I mean, you know, I got tennis shoes and a black shoe and a brown shoe and a, maybe a pair of sandals here in Florida. But we got two or three pairs of shoes. We just interchange them depending on the occasion. Women, you know, you got a little, it's green outfit. You got to wear green shoes. It's green sandals. I mean, by the way, we got shoes and then more shoes and boxes of shoes. She said, I don't want all those boxes. She, she decided she was going to make a little cover, a little snap-on cover, and she could make all these different kinds and styles of shoes. She started making these shoes, and her friends liked them, and she started selling a few out of the back of her pharmacy. <laughs> and next thing you know, they started selling. And then she got picked up by a local radio station, and they interviewed her. Then Good Morning America interviewed her. And then Oprah had her on her show. Oh, my God, that was all over. And now she's got a pharmacy in the back of her store. 
and she's got a shoemaking shop in the front of her store. Now that's, I mean, I was, I was fascinated. I was watching her story. She said, but the thing that gives me the greatest passion in life, listen to what she says. She says, I love, I love to encourage other people to do their dreams. I love to encourage other people to do their dreams. So she said, if you have a dream, get out there and do it. Get out there and do it. The Bible says, what is faith? Faith is the confident assurance that what we've hoped for is going to happen. Faith is the confident assurance of what we hope for is going to happen. It is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. God gave His approval to people of days of old because of their faith. So you see it, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who comes to Him must believe that there is a God and that He rewards those who diligently seek Him. It's the seeking that God is looking at. Because sometimes the answers aren't what we expect. My office this week, someone said, God didn't answer my prayer. I said, yes He did. It wasn't just wasn't the answer you wanted. Sometimes we want something, but God knows something way better. As a matter of fact, the other day I was thinking, thank God He didn't answer some of my stupid prayers. Thank God He didn't let me marry that girl that I was praying He'd let me marry. And everyone said it. All the guys said, Amen. Shandai. Oh, whoa. My life would be a mess. He was a man of faith. He knew what he wanted. He was going to go after it. He went after this woman. God's prepared something special for you. It's for you. He's designed you. He's made you. The third thing I want you to see is don't be afraid to enlist others in your prayer. One day when she came to Athenio, she urged him, listen, ask my father for a field. So here they get married. They're starting life. Everything's going good. They're going along. And she says, listen, you know, it's not right for me. I'm just a woman. So you go ask my dad. So you're like, oh, come on. You know, he's already given us the land. He's been good to us. He's kind of, oh, you know, I mean, I'm a warrior. But, man, your dad's been really good. We, we don't need to ask him. I'll get it for you. She goes, no, no, no. I know my dad. And my dad's got some resources. My dad's got some money in the bank. My dad's got lots of land. And I'm telling you, let's go ask my dad. Let's go ask my father. Let's go ask our father. I want you to ask your father. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly father desire to give good gifts to those who ask? Come on. Oh, listen. She tries to get her husband on and listen, you're single, you know, you get other friends praying with you. The prayer of agreement's powerful. And I believe in it. I'm believing for a hundred people on Saturday night to pray with me for the city to, to come into full-fledged revival. I'm praying that God will raise up intercessors and I, I believe in agreement. I believe that the single sisters should pray with the single sisters and the, and the, and the men should pray with the men. And I believe husbands and wives should pray together and we should pray in groups. But there's a time that you've got to pray and contend for your own life. There is a time when you will pray and you will pray like no one else will pray for your backslidden child. Come on, there will be no one else that will pray for your ministry. There will be no one else that will stand in the gap like you do for yourself. No one, no one, 
Your mama might pray for you like you, maybe more than you pray for you. But listen, there's times as a believer, you will have to contend for yourself. I want you to see this. I love this. And then she encourages, she's strongly urging her husband to talk to her father to give him another field. But when she sees her dad, in verse number 14, she gets off her donkey. One translation says, she jumps off of her donkey. Forget it. I'm going to go ask him. I'm going to go right to daddy. I'm going to go right to my father. Aren't you grateful today that Jesus has made access? Come on, Jesus has made access. It's no longer the blood of bulls and goats. It's no longer a high priest in the temple. Now we have direct access to the heavenly father. We can go right to a good God who has our best in mind, who knows every detail of our life, who cares for us, who loves us. She jumps off her donkey. She runs to her father. She runs to her father. She pursues him. She goes after him. It's just her and her father boldly coming before her. She knew that if she asked, her father had the wherewithal, her father had the love, her father had the concern that he could do what she asked of him. My little sister was telling me yesterday when she was a teenager and her youth group was going on a missions trip and she said, Mom and dad didn't have the $50 to send me. My parents were very poor. They didn't have the $50 to send my sister. I thought if she just would have called me, I would have given. I was an adult then. They would have called me. That wasn't the way they were. They didn't have the $50. I mean, you go out. I'm in the parking lot at Walmart, and this girl and this guy are bumming. And they're asking every single person in the parking lot for money. I'm like, the dude is strong and healthy. I'm like, dude, go get a job. You know, they got $50 that day. And she said, you know, she says, we went to church that night and I got home. She said, I got home and I started packing my suitcase because I was going on a missions trip. I was going on, I didn't have the money, but I'm going on a mission trip. She said, I'm, I'm packing up my suitcase. Mom comes into the room and she says, where are you going? She goes, I'm going on a missions trip tomorrow. She goes, okay. Let's see what the Lord does. Mama didn't shoot the idea down. She didn't say, we don't have the money. She said, well, let's just see what the Lord does. Within 30 minutes, the telephone rang. And guess what? It was a person in our church who said, the Lord just impressed on me that I was to pray for Saperna to go on this mission trip. Did you see that? That faith that stepped out as a teenager? So we were talking about the circle maker. We were talking about things that we're praying for. Do you not think that it builds confidence? When you see God move, you see God supply, you see God meet this need in your life to step out and to believe God for the next thing. You see, faith builds upon faith, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Faith begins to grow like a muscle. When you begin to ask and you begin to believe and you begin to receive and you open your heart to what God wants to do in your life. You start to write out prayers like this. Five minutes yesterday, just begin to write out prayers for City Church. I said, oh God, I'm asking that you give me a heart of an evangelist and to take as many souls into God's kingdom as possible. That's my dream. That's my desire that all the days of my life, first I want to make it there myself, but I want to take as many people with me. I'm asking the Father to make such a City Church such a blessing that we will start a ministry training center to equip men and women to be ministers of the gospel. I want to start a City Bible Institute. I'm asking City, the Father to make City Church personally, uh, 
personally able to hand deliver a Bible to every home in our community and city. Got a date on it. By 2014, every home in Sanford, every home in this community has a Bible. I'm asking God to help us as a church to give $100,000 to missions in the next year. I'm asking the Father to help build a city church, help build a church in Cuba and take at least 10 men with me. I'm asking God to help the airport campus to get a vision for souls in this city and start a second service this fall. I'm asking God to stir the Millennium Campus for this city and allow us to have our own facility. I'm asking God to allow City Church to purchase 10 to 15 acres so we can lay the foundation for the next generation of a soul winning station I'm asking God come on for City Church I'm asking God for this location to be debt free I'm asking God to help City Church build a home for first time mothers look at all these things I'm praying for they're not about me they're about the kingdom they're about the dream that God has placed in my heart man I got a few on here for me too through a few but listen it was after I had about 15 things it's not about me. This whole thing about circle maker ain't some blabbit grab it till we till we get it kind of thing. She was bold. Give me a blessing. Now we're going to come to the offering. Because some of you don't believe this. Give me a special favor. Give me a blessing. Give me a favor. God, Father, when was the last time you said, God, I'm not leaving here till you bless me? When was the last time? You got alone with God in a secret place. And God, you know, he talks about taking prayer walks. Sometimes it's just walking. I prayer walk all the time through my neighborhood. Last time you said, God, I need to do business with you today. You and I. God, I need something to change in my reality. I need something to change in my heart. I need something to change. So many people, they just settle in. It's always going to be this way. They got wrong thinking. They got wrong motivation. They don't see the that God has so much more. Aska got a great big asker in her. Aska got a great big asker in her. And you know what you need to get in you? You need to get a great big asker. Aska, ask a God for his wisdom. Asking God for his provision. Asking God for him to meet and supply every need. Asking God to give you direction about the ministry. Asking God to show favor on your business. Asking God, listen, if you don't pray for your boss and you don't pray for your company to succeed, they might fail. And then you lose a job. And then you can't put food on your table. Duh. Come on. I mean, just because you're born, you don't deserve a paycheck. My God, what kind of world do we live in? I'm born, so you owe me something. Give me a break. Come on. It's when you get alone with God and say, God, I want to do something good in the land. I want my life to be significant. I love people who have dreams that are wild and crazy. And everybody else thinks they're nuts, like taking a little shoe and, and the back of my pharmacy. And maybe I'll sell a few of these. And wham, God breathes on it. See, blessing and favor comes from God. God wants to bless you today. He wants, listen, if you obey me, I will bless you. If you pray, if you seek, if you ask, Jesus said, the door will be open. It's not complicated, but it's in our hearts today. God, God, I'm asking you. I'm asking you for souls. Jesus was told by the Father, if you ask me for souls, I will give the nations as an inheritance, as in he, as the nations as your possession. 
and the heathen as your inheritance. Jesus was told by the Father that in Psalms chapter 3. Jesus asked for souls. I'm asking for lives to be changed. So I have my tithe today. And when I bring my tithe, my tithe represents souls because I know the power of generosity. See, I could pay, I could pay every person, not big deal, but because God has blessed me because I believe in tithing, because I've done it my whole life. The moment I became a Christian, I tell people I would stick more up my nose and pour more down my throat than I ever gave to God to that point in my life. How in the world could I not tithe? How could I not give him back at least that which was his? Today our ushers are going to come. Some of you, you, God's just challenging. He's knocking on the door of your heart. Jesus is standing here today, and he loves you, and he cares, and he desires to do good for you. But you've got to ask him. You've got to say, God, I'm going to give it all to you today. I'm going to lay it down. Our ushers going to receive the offering this morning and after he receives it the worship team is going to lead us in a worship song we're going to go out with the spirit of faith today we're going to go out with the spirit of anticipation we're going to believe today you're here this morning every head bowed and every eye closed before we receive this offering you're here this morning and you're saying in my life i need to get a bigger asker i need i got areas in my life that i really haven't sought god about i got areas in my life that have been a wall. i got areas in my life that I need God to move in. I need to see God do. I don't even necessarily know what it is today. She got really specific. She wanted a spring. God gave her the lower and the upper. God gave her double blessing. God gave her, God gave her more than she could ask or think, but she was willing to ask. And you're here today, and you're saying, i got something I'm asking God for, and I need Him to intervene in my life. If that's you, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Three, right, raise your hand.